You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey. Awesome, guys. Welcome to another session of the HeFluence podcast. I'm Michael David Huey. I'm the founder and CEO of HeFluence. And people ask me all the time, Mike, what is HeFluence? And I sum it up in this. We desire to help men walk in purpose, uh, not just to, to survive in life, but to thrive in life and to really walk out the perfect will and destiny and calling for your life. And so today, I pray that that will happen for you. I pray that the, the, the amazing person that I have on with me today will be able to impact your life in a way that in the very short time that I've got to know him, he's impacted mine and my wife's life. And so I'm not going to steal all of his thunder. I'm going to give you a little brief introduction of Jim. Um, and it's really cool. I, let me share how I met Jim. I actually, and, and, and I, I was praying before I got started and the Holy Spirit was here. And I was just so excited that I get to speak with another friend of mine that's actually thinks the way I think about business, has a mindset to be a kingdom entrepreneur, and, and how we just got to be friends is just a God thing. And so um, I got to meet him I, I, through a friend of mine, Nicholas and Amanda Bailey and Chris Borghese, who I'm going to have him and Tara on my show next week, which is going to be really cool. They're doing a lot of things to strengthen marriages, which I know as, as a believer is a very strong thing. So today is my friend Jim Baker. He's the lead pastor at Zion Church which when my wife and I go home now, that's we go to church and we love it. So that's where my family is from. Jim is originally from Michigan. I won't hold that against him, but he is a Michigan, not a Michigan person. So, but he found out he's living in the right state. Now he's living in Ohio. And so he's actually um, a husband uh, to his wife, Mary, uh, who is an amazing worship leader that I just love when I go there. He's also a father. And uh, there's a lot of sponsor responsibilities of being both a husband and a father and a pastor. I've learned that 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 lately, and so um, he now resides in Powell, Ohio. So, he influencers welcome my friend Jim Baker. Hey guys, good to be here, and uh, I love the word influence. I love it, uh, Michael. When you come up with something so powerful and so original, you actually have to invent a new word, and so uh, I, I love it. It's, it's awesome. I, I love what you're doing. Yeah, and and so um, I brought up that Lisa and I go to Jim's church when we go home, and. And I always, I actually, the first two times I text him because he has two campuses. And I, I found out this last time, the first time I drove like an hour to get there. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then the next time, which is okay for me, because um, I believe that you go where God calls you to go. And I believe you do what God calls you to do. And so uh, this last time, actually, Jim was preaching at his other campus, which was very, like, 15 minutes from where I think. And actually, 15 minutes, about, actually about five minutes away from... Uh, my aunt and uncle who raised me in the church, who taught me to know wow. and, and, uh, and, and we got, we, we had the privilege of sitting with Jim. It was kind of funny. My wife and I laughed about it. Like he said, don't leave. And then we pretty much were, uh, going to be the ones to shut the church down, I think. And they were kind of wanting us, we, we looked up at least like, well, we were there like 90 minutes afterwards. And, and guys, it's those type of times that you have with people that make a lasting long-term impact in your life. Whether it's, it's, it's things we said to Jim or Jim said to us, Lisa and I walked out of there, and that's what we talked about the whole ride home, about how we can do more stuff with Jim. And, and, and Jim's going to talk about this more at the end. I, 
I'll throw some surprises in here for him. So I know he likes surprises, but uh, Jim created a course, and I know he's going to talk a little bit about that at the end. But Lisa and I have just sat down in a crazy busy time of like telling Jim before we came on. My wife and I just got up and rooted ourselves away from uh, an environment that we had been in, a city that we'd been in for 27 plus, almost 28 years. And Jim and I were laughing about all the stuff that you gather up. I was telling him, <laughs> I'm just full of stuff, and I can't wait till this weekend to put everything where it needs to be. We've got about 50% of that done, but it's, it's, it's change. And I believe that change is good. And we've been experiencing a season of miracles. Uh, and even I told Jim this when I saw him just at the end of last year, that I believe that we were in a season of miracles and God started to turn things around. And Jim kind of knows my story about, you know, what most people would have said was a horrible year last year. I turned it around and made it into a learning year and a growing year and an evolving year. And that's what God does. God is, he's our father. He, he looks out for us. He, he, he knows the, the number of hairs on her head or the lack of hair on her head. Right, Jim? Or that may be, right? So um, I'm going to let Jim just tell you a little bit about himself, about, about who he is and, and what he stands for. So, Jim, I'm going to let you inspire people. So tell us a little bit about all right, all right. who Jim Baker is, because Jim and I laugh about this. Some people misplace Jim Baker for the old Jim Baker that I, Jim and I knew as a kid. And he takes a lot of criticism, a lot of, you know, just scrutiny and stuff like that. But let me just make it clear to you guys all, this is not that Jim Baker. So, Jim, take it away and tell us who the real Jim Baker is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, well, hey, I bless that other Jim Baker. He's got two K's in his last name. And so I always say uh, I'm Jim Baker with one K and no Tammy Faye. So we'll start off. With that. <laughs> I love and it. I just want to, I want to encourage you guys too. when, uh, you know, when Michael was talking about at the end of service, I was like, hey, don't leave. And we ended up talking for like 90 minutes. When you have those kingdom connection times where it's like, you're, you know, you can almost finish each other's sentences. It's like, man, I found someone who's on like, like just lean into those times, you know, stay in contact with those things. Those are just huge things. And so uh, David or Michael already uh, introduced me on, on some stuff. So, um, oh, my name is Jim, and uh, my wife and I've been married 25 years, and so that is awesome. And so that is the strength of my life. She's my biggest cheerleader, my best friend. I got three awesome boys who love God, love mom and dad, and love the church. So we're calling it a win for now, and uh, super fun. And um, yeah, so we started leading this church, and I, I grew up in the Assemblies of God, and so great denomination, uh, just you know, a lot, a lot of great heritage in the Lord. And I plan on being a, a medical missionary. I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to have to raise money as a missionary. I wanted to uh, go and be able to sneak in as a doctor. And um, anyway, that was my plan. And I and ended up not doing that. I ended up going to seminary. And so uh, I got, went to seminary, got the degrees, all that stuff. And uh, pastoring, uh, pastoring in churches for over two decades now. So I've been pastoring at our church for a little over a decade. And here's the thing. Uh, like we just really went after healing, like physical healing. And so when I say healing, I'm talking about all out ballistic assault. Like we were waiting in handicapped spots at Walmart, knowing whoever pulled in needed prayer, like that kind of level of just nuts. And so wow. we're going for it. And God's just done wonderful things. We've seen people get out of wheelchairs. We've seen um, glass eyes pop out with a new eyeball pop in. We've seen HIV healed. We've had uh, over a dozen dead raisings. Uh, people actually raised from the dead um, by people in our church, not at our church. I, I, th I think one time I said it. Yeah, we had 16 people raised from the dead at our church and people were like, what is wrong with your church? Why are people dying in your services? And so I want to make that clarity. Like you're not in danger of dropping dead. Yeah, don't, walk in in time. 
the dead, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. We're not doing an Ananias and Sapphira ministry there. And so uh, anyway, just God's doing wonderful things. And we've seen uh, just some awesome things. Just well, we just had a girl who was on uh, life support just uh, a couple of weeks ago from vaping. I guess you can get vape lung and she was uh, on life yes, support. Yes, she can. It's a bad situation. Yeah, they, uh, they gave her two days left to live, and some of our people prayed for her. She got completely healed, came to church that Sunday, got saved, got water baptized the next week. And so it's wonderful things. But the Lord told me in 2011 to go after finances the way we went after healing. I was like, really, God, health and wealth with the name Jim Baker? Like, what are you trying to do to me, Lord? And so, uh, but, but here's the thing is if, if the enemy can keep you sick and poor, he's going to severely limit your destiny. So that's why he's that's why he's fought against this so much and so we really went after it and so i ended up doing an 18 part series on finances which believe me offended every religious spirit in the in the place but um i didn't even talk about giving till about week 13 because a lot of times if you don't have those heart conditions right you're just using the genie bottle to try to get god to do something you know and uh that reverses the relationship with god because now i'm using god to go get me more money but here's the truth god's the owner I'm his money manager, and I'm turning those dollars into soldiers to accomplish kingdom purposes. And so, so yeah, we've had, a, uh, I think, one of the biggest things people have a problem with when they hear the word prosperity. If prosperity bugs you, just uh, substitute the word abundance, okay? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kingdom of abundance, not scarcity. But they think prosperity is selfish, Michael. And so you and I grew up with, you know, so a Toyota, Reaper Ferrari, you know, name it and claim it. And it was all about lifestyles and the rich and famous. And yep. King's Kid should have the best of everything. And really what we're seeing is that prosperity has a purpose, you know, affluence is for influence and income is for impact. And so God wants you to have the provision for your vision and enough left over to help others fulfill their visions. And so yes. if you, if you can't afford to go to this store, you can't go into all the world. Let's just be practical about this thing. It's going to take money to evangelize the world and live the life God wants us to live. So. Well, it's, it's, it's cool that you said that because one of my mentors and I actually mentioned this to you, my friend Cole Hatter, um, was a was a met, was a missionary, medical missionary, um, and with YWAM, and wow. he just saw how bad it was and how you know he's like, I just want to go and make money so that I can that I can fund orphanages and I can I can send missionaries all around and it, and it was really funny and he did and he's doing that now he he has one of the he has the largest entrepreneur event every year in Las Vegas called Thrive and um, he supports several full of these supports. And, and Jim, I remember when he said this to me, it really impacted me and my wife. He said, Mike, I want to live off of the 10% and give the 90% away. Amazing. Wow. Like that's, that's who we are. That's, that's the mind of, that's having the mind of Christ. And so I, I, I applaud you for teaching that because a lot of people, because I mean, I was told this by my grandmother at a very young age, Jim, that God talks more about money and finances and giving in the Bible than, than, than anything else, right? And it's more, it's more than 2,300 times. It was the point of 16 out of uh, 40, what is it, 48 parables, 43 parables. I mean, yeah. so yeah, he talked about it more than love, hell, and uh, heaven combined. I mean, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So. And people, it, it's, it's, and a lot of people don't have the proper mindset they have either an orphan spirit or anything like things that go on like that and and it's really funny i was listening to one of my friends joel marion's podcast a couple weeks ago and he talked about the difference from when you're when you're finance when you're the money manager like you said um god turns around your thinking your thinking yeah. changes we we used to we, my dad used to call it stinking thinking right like we have that 
thinking, right? So, Jim, recently, and I heard, I've heard you talk about this. Um, tell me some things that you've done recently with your health, because you're, you're a mindset health guy. Um, yeah. Tell, tell me about that story and that journey with, with you and how that's changed. Well, I uh, picked up some parasites on a mission strip about 15 years ago, and so it completely destroyed my gut. I didn't know what was going on, so I thought I had a gluten allergy. Um, this is a guy broadcast, so I can use the word diarrhea. I actually lost 25 pounds through diarrhea. I was going to write a book called Lose Weight Without Diet or Exercise, but I didn't think anyone would want to uh, see the secret there, so <laughs> joking. And so, um, so I went from 192 down to 167. And I remember, uh, I just, I didn't know what was going on. My body was just, it was terrible. This is about two years ago. And so I was with our church staff and I said, guys, I need to get healed today. Something is going on. Like I I'm, I'm going down. And so the, uh, the diarrhea stopped that day. I had, haven't had an issue with it since then, but I went to the doctor and my gut health was destroyed. It was some uh, pathogenic bacteria <clears throat> leading towards some very bad words on the diagnosis, on the potential diagnosis, you know, where it's headed. And so, um, you know, it's interesting. So we, we believe in healing, obviously. We see a lot of healing. But when uh, God revealed himself as healer in Exodus 15, 26, I'm the Lord your healer, it was also in the context of the Levitical food laws. So I want you to get this. Um, he revealed himself as healer in the, con and, uh, in the kind of in the culture of healthy eating. If you were to follow the letter of the law, the food laws, you'd never get sick, even when you travel. And so, um, so to me, wisdom indicates we're going to do the super and the natural. You know, if God's going to put his super on your natural, your natural has to have its act together, right? So you can't go on the all Twinkie sumo wrestler diet, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I learned a lot about gut health and realized, you know, there's as many nerve endings in your stomach as there is your brain or just about as many, they call it your second brain and all that stuff. And so, so yeah, so we, uh, we cut out sugar, we cut out gluten and, um, it's actually been easier than I thought. So about every other month, maybe I'll have something uh, like a, like a cheesecake. I mean, come on. But um, you just really, you that, brother? yeah, but it's, uh, it's been amazing just to, uh, you know, I walk every day and uh, part of it's just the stress relief, but I actually wear a heart rate monitor and I try to keep my uh, heart in a certain zone, uh, you know, for, for at least 30 minutes and I'm doing Epsom salt baths, just, you know, just all the smart stuff you would do hydrating. I got an app that's reminding me to drink more water and, so that's why I keep mine with me, right? Visual. Amen, brother. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I look at, I, I posted something on Facebook. Your body is a, a temple, not a toilet. Eat accordingly. And so I was talking to one person. They're like, well, I'd rather die happy. I'm like, you know, like I'd rather just keep eating terrible and, and, uh, and die happy. I'm thinking, dude, you're not going to die happy. You're going to die of some horrible disease. Sounds but like my dad. Your, your, your last years of life are going to be horrible, you know? And so for me, a lot of it's kind of like regret elimination. I'll just be real here for a second. My wife, this is, oh boy, I hope this doesn't sound mean. This is probably going to sound mean. So just put on a, a grace filter here. But okay. my wife and I, we went to a, a Christian, I don't want to name it, like a, like a, like a place where a bunch of Christians would go for, um, uh, I, I don't want to say like anything that it was. Or what? No, it was, an, uh, it was a place where you would pay and look at a bunch of Christian stuff, kind of almost like a museum. Let's just okay. okay. And, um, and so we, uh, I've never seen so many out of shape people in my life. I mean, they, the money that they made on the carts because people were too out of shape to be able to walk because it had like different levels that you could uh, go up and down. It, um, I mean, it was, it was, I don't know if it was the majority. And then the cafeteria, it was like all carbs. It was like all comfort food. And I thought, my gosh, I mean, Christians, we, we, it's gotta be body, soul and spirit, you know? And so I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm just trying to say, 
that uh, boy, there's there's tools and resources out there for you to uh, to have the longevity. And so, I think it's you know it, it's it's part of our witness is to um, to take care of ourselves. And I mean, it's part of our ministry. I mean, your body's a temple, and so. I think uh, we want this thing to last a long time, right? And so a lot of people are like, I want 120 years. Well, we're going to have to do some things differently. <laughs> yeah. So. And I, I, it's funny because, you know, and, and I don't know how your parents were with this, but that's how my dad thinks sometimes. Like he's just like, oh, this is how. And, and the only good thing is, is he, you know, me being a nutritionist and a health coach, he, he does listen to me about some things, right? And we've been able to reverse like 17 of the 19 medications that he's been on. That's amazing, Michael. Wow. But he has a mindset of what you just said. And, and I think, Jim, presenting ourselves a living sacrifice, like, you know, God wants us to be holy and pleasing to him. Like, I mean, it, it's funny. My grandmother used to say, Jesus walked 90% of everywhere he went, right? Like, we're spoiled because we get in a car and we go to the gym down at the clubhouse, right? <laughs> Walking, right? Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a funny set because... You know, I, I say, I say that all the time. We have, it starts with the mind and the things that we say and the things that we do. And, and I think, you know, it, it's funny that you brought that up and you said that because for years and I had to <clears throat> not judge, but understand the truth about this. There's a lot of pastors and a lot of people in ministry and, you know, um, I won't go into names, but they, they've not, as I said, they've not taken care of themselves. Right? Yeah. And now later on in life, they're struggling. And when they really should be thriving, I, Jim, this is a, a setting of mine. I know you've seen it. I think the worst bumper sticker ever created is the one that says coexist, right? Cause I don't think anybody truly wants to coexist. They don't want to just exist like my, you know, like, like people say. So, um, I, I'll, I'll just ask you this, like, here's one thing that I've learned recently. And, um, at my last church, I just, uh, I was on the board head of the board there. And I, I left last weekend and they prayed for us and sent me and Lisa off into this that. of a life. And, and it was awesome. And people came up afterwards and, 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 and the three days prior to that, I went to a men's Bible study. And a lot of the times this is, this is sad to say that it was just me and the pastor sometimes in the Bible study gym, like men in general <clears throat> don't have a lot of fellowship, right? They don't, they don't take the time to do a lot of the stuff that they're normally that like, like let's say like our wives would do, like our, our wives are all about like tonight they're having um, at the church that my wife and I are going to now here in, in Groveland, they're having a ladies night. Right. And they're going to have a movie night. Well, they got twice as many people signed up as that as the men's event on Sunday. Right. And, and this is what it said, Jim, it said one in 10 men. And I actually thought about you one in 10 men have somebody that they can talk to about their health, their relationships, and their finances. One wow. in 10. And then it said one in 20 actually have somebody that they could actually say is their best friend. Like wow. that, that they could actually say, hey, I'm struggling with, you know, alcohol, or I'm struggling with pornography, or I'm having an affair, or that type of stuff. And, and recently, Jim, I, I, made, I made the greatest decision I ever made. And I'll just say this. I, I went into... Uh, a community that both of you and I are very familiar with. I, I, I've now met my two best friends in that community. I didn't stay in that community and get what I wanted out of it, but I've met two of the most incredible guys that every week for 90 minutes, we do an accountability call. And we do, we do 45 minutes of talking about 
you know, holding each other accountable. And then we do 45 minutes of holding each other accountable to our business and doing the things that we say we're going to do, being in control of our business, doing those type of stuff. So why don't you share from a pastor and an entrepreneur perspective what it means to have accountability and what that means to you and what your mindset is on that? No, that's uh, yeah. Thank you for that. And what, what I love though, is that you're, you know, you're creating a movement, you know, you're not just having a product. You're not just giving information. You're actually creating a movement of men who are getting healthy and living on purpose. So I love that. When I think of accountability, I think it, you, you want someone to help you account for your ability. So think of it like this. It's so let's just say you got an accountability group. A lot of people think like maybe to stop smoking. Okay. So accountability is not to keep you from smoking. It's to make sure that you burn. Okay. And so, so yeah, so it's not just, I'm not going to do the bad things. I'm not going to exaggerate. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to whatever, use bad words, pornography, whatever it might be. But it's not just that, but it's, it's, I love how um, Paul says, know no one after the flesh, know them after the spirit. And so it's actually someone seeing you as God sees you and then holding you accountable to that. And so uh, to me, that's really where accountability gets powerful. That's why uh, I heard one person say this. They say, I love hearing the prophetic words over people's life. Now I know how to treat them. And I, I think there's something powerful about that. So in those accountability groups, I think it's, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not getting into like, uh, you know, like where people use their prophetic words as like their badges and like, you know, and they're like, who's got the bigger words? No, 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 no. I'm talking about, uh, like you're talking about, you're talking about brothers. I'm talking about people who can run with you. And uh, man, people are affirmation deprived. They need people. So uh, you and I are lucky. We've got spouses who will remind us who we are uh, because I forget often. <laughs> I forget who I am. I'm raising both of my hands, Jim. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, if I, if I, if, you know, a lot of people are contemplative. If I get contemplative, I could get depressed in front of you in about 20 seconds. I'm not impressed. So, I, so we need those people who remind us, oh, this is who God says you are. This is the real you. This is what I, this is what I appreciate about you. And it's like, yeah, that is, you know, so. To me, I, I love accountability in, in the sense that it helps you account for your ability. And, you know, I, I mean, you know, there's different elements of it. Some of it's almost like a coaching element, just holding you accountable for the results. Hey, are you going to do what you said? I, I forget what the study is, but just you have, but just you verbalizing to somebody, I'm going to do this, and then holding you accountable, the chances go up, like, I don't know, it's like 50 or 70% that you'll actually do it. I mean, that's crazy. That's an unbelievable statistic. And so... Yeah, yeah I, see it as a, I see it as a huge part of anybody's life to, uh, to be able to have, uh, you know, if you want to be a high-performing person, which if you're a believer, um, you weren't, weren't created for mediocrity. That's the good news. So. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny, Jim. I, I, I preached um, about six months ago at my church, and I preached on accountability. And I said, look at Jesus. I mean, he had 12, but he still had Peter, James, and John that was more intimate with and more close with, right? Like he's good, yeah. Because of the ability that he had, he, even though he was God, he was still man. He still had flesh. He still had eyes. He still had, he still was walking the face of the earth and still doing the things that we did. That's why he did it. He became a man so that he could know the things that we would experience, right? And so it, it's really funny. One of my friends, Tim Douglas, who I interviewed on my first podcast or my second and, and Tim, Tim heard me. And I don't know if you, and I actually gave him your name. So you might hear from him. My friend, Dr. Joe Martin has a podcast called real men connect. It's the number one Christian podcast on iTunes. Got over, wow. got over a million downloads, 10,000 downloads a month. Um, and, and, and I'll never forget this. My friend, Tim listened to my podcast interview with Joe and he said, Mike, 
God, I feel like I know you even better. Like hmm. you were raw, you were humble, you were, you were, and he just listed all these things. And it's really funny when you do these type of things and you get, Jim, you said at the very beginning, you get around people that are truly like-minded and then you understand why Jesus had Peter, James, and John. And that's powerful. So close to those type of people. And you have those kingdom connections and you have those people that are planted in your life. You, you, you and I both know that that's a big part of accountability. I mean, it, yeah. if, if one in 10 men, and, and I'll finish with this part of this, Jim, I'll tell you why I experienced this and why I think it's important people understand how big accountability is. When we were in that Bible study the other night, there was eight guys and the pastor said, how many of, of you have a relationship with somebody else in the church that you could actually feel like you could talk, you could talk to about those. Are you, you know, your finances, your, your relationship with your spouse or whatever that is. And I raised my hand, of course, and pastor raised his hand and nobody else raised their hand. And he said, do you have relationships with other person in the church? You know, say something. And I mean, I'm not saying this to say that I'm doing anything right. They all pointed at me. Why? Because I've taken the time to build, and we're going to talk about that, to build quality relationships. So um, thank you for sharing that. So let me ask you, let me ask this next question. Give me some best insights because we hear this all the time. Oh, Jim's a pastor. Um, why is he an entrepreneur? Why is he doing this? Tell me a little bit about, because even with me, like I just recently got in uh, the, um, I'm getting my, I'm in the process of getting ordained into the ministry. Um, Dr. Randall Langley, who was my mentor and my pastor, um, is the president of CLST, which is one of the largest theology schools in the world, has global campuses all around the world and at different colleges. And, and he called me and said, I want to, I want you to be, uh, ordained. And I was like, what's the process? He said, it's a year, uh, a six months of a license. And then you get ordained after that. And so I'm in that process. And at the end of that, that's when they teach you the secret handshake. So be looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. There you, go. you did this and now you're in, right? And so, that's right. Yeah. But, but what I learned uh, from that process is, is that um, Dr. Langley said it to me. He says, Mike, you know what? You know what? We need marketplace ministry. We need marketplace ministers that are not, that are, that are kingdom minded so they can take the inheritance that God has given them to further the kingdom so that missionaries don't have to struggle. So, I mean, 1,300 churches close down every year because of finances. I believe, and I'm not saying it's just because Jim is on today, I believe that people are bad stewards of their money. I believe that they don't have a mindset that, that they're just going to be a nurse and that's all the money they're ever going to make and they have to live paycheck to paycheck. You know, Lisa and I have multiple streams of income. Uh, we had a bad, we had a, uh, made some bad decisions last year. And let me just say this, you can, you can be around Christians and them not be who they say they are. It's okay. That's why we have grace and we have mercy, right? But we made some bad decisions. And now God has turned that around because we made other decisions based on having, on being an entrepreneur. So Jim, talk about that. What's your mindset when you think of, Oh, Jim, you're a pastor. You can't make any more money than what you make at the church. Or tell me your mindset about that so people can hear. Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't, uh, I don't make a big distinction between uh, being a pastor, being an entrepreneur, all those things. It's just whatever is your assignment. And so the way I look at a business person is uh, your kingdom ministry, your kingdom business is your ministry. 
And it doesn't, it's not a kingdom business because you're healing people in the copier room. Now, I, I would love that. Believe me, I, our church, we, we love that. It's a kingdom business the way that you do business, you know, but the way that you're actually putting other people first, the way that you're keeping your word. Uh, thing, I want you to think about this. You can actually disciple people who work for you um, before they even become saved by the environment that you create because you're pouring, you're, you know, they're, they're tasting and seeing. You're pouring salt on their tongue. You're arousing their sweet tooth. And I want you to think about this. If you, let's say you have a great environment, you're honoring people, you know, treating them well, paying them more than uh, in market wage. And so if mom and dad have a good day at work, they go and have a good day at home. You can actually transform the environment of homes by the way that you do business. And so, uh, so to me, I, my son and I, we were uh, doing a business together. And I told him, I said, listen, if we were to go to India and we were going to plan a mission, what would we do? Well, we'd be praying for strategies, downloads, favor, open doors, right? We, God, we need you. And so what God is doing right now is he's raising up people with this kingdom mindset of recognizing my kingdom business is a ministry. So instead of planning a church, I'm planning a business, whether it's online or whether it's uh, a physical location. Uh, what he's doing is, is people are realizing like the way that I do business, I'm actually bringing the kingdom into that environment. And so uh, that's kind of how I look at it. And so that's how we have our people. We have, uh, we have half the church starting businesses right now. So I'm actually taking them through a process of how do you go from zero to cash flow. And so uh, there's, there's some, you know, a lot of people think business is risky, but there's ways to manage the risk through processes of, you know, like doing a lean startup principles, you know, a, a fail fast, rapid prototyping, those type of things. And I think the most important thing, if you're going to, if you're starting a business, I don't, don't want to get totally into this, but um, don't fall in love with your solution, fall in love with the problem. People don't give a rip about your solution. The reason most businesses fail is that people are building products nobody wants to buy. And so you need to actually, uh, before you spend all this money on your amazing solution, make sure that somebody cares about it other than you, your team, and your mom, right? So you're going to want to, you don't want to test it. You know, but, you know, there's ways to do that, but you want to make sure that you're bring, you're actually solving a problem that people want to buy. And uh, yeah, and then, then you're going to maybe do a minimum viable product and see if your product's actually solving that solution before you go crazy and scale. So hundred percent. And, and, you know, um, that was a learning experience for me in 2019. I shared that with you about, you know, just, decisions you make, it's why uh, God tells us to pray about all things, right? To pray little decisions that we make, vacations that we make, homes that we buy, you know, to, to, the, to the world, Jim, it didn't make sense. People thought from the world, like, why are you leaving? Why are you moving? Why are you doing this? I said, I said, I'm obedient out of, out of the abundance of obedience. And my wife, it's, it's amazing. Like she was going through this like lawlessness season, right? And, 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 and having a prophetic gift and being just vibrant woman, it, it's like almost like she's, she took some steroids when we moved, right? Like she, wow. she became this person. Mm -hmm. and I, I realized this, and hopefully some of you that are listening, maybe you're in a business with your spouse, maybe your spouse is working for you, maybe things aren't going well, but I just want to share this. And I learned this this week, and, and this will encourage some of the listeners, Jim, and maybe some people that, that you refer, or maybe that you, that you know that will listen, is that I learned this week that, I allowed my wife to retire a year and a half ago to work with me. And then I realized that she just wasn't an entrepreneur. I just realized that her field of the favor that God has given her is in ministry and in serving people. And so uh, when we, we lost all that money, she says, honey, would you mind if I went back to work? And I was like, no, hmm. she said, and so she began to pray and she began to fast. And this company came to her. I said, well, you can't do it for long term because I don't, I'm, I, you've been home for a year and a half. I'm going to miss you. Right. And so, and then, and then the Lord said, well, it's not about you. It's about what I want to do in Lisa. 
And then she, she found this job. It was an 18 month contract and they paid her this uncrazy amount of money to do nursing and do what she does. And, and she's back in that field of favor, like yeah. giving good. her and things are happening. And she's actually now thriving in our other business in, in, in our little, you know, other business that we have and she's healthy and she's, I mean, it's, it's just amazing when those things go. So if you're in a business with your spouse and you're hammering your spouse to <laughs> that they're not, stop. If you're, if you're trying to uh, create wife in your own image or create your husband in your own image, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's, it, it was eye-opening for me. Like, I was like, why is this not happening, Lord? You told her to retire, you know? And so, yeah. So, Jim, Jimmy, tell me about this. And, and I love this because I love it that you're, a pastor and an influencer in my mind. Tell me some, some things that, that men can do that are watching this. Maybe a wife has shared this with her husband. Some things that we can do to strengthen relationships, like build strong relationships with our spouse, with our kids. Jim's a father of three boys, his poor wife, four, four boys and in, 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 in around, around her, right? And, and, and so talk about that, some things that, that we can do, because I have invested hours upon hours of, you know, love language quizzes and, and tests and courses and going to retreats and doing those things. Tell me some things that you do to strengthen your relationship with your wife and people in your church and your kids. Yeah, um, I didn't know you were going to ask me this, but here's the real simple one. Uh, T-I-M-E. And so people are like, well, there's quality time, there's quantity time, you know, to your kids, it's all the same thing. And so they, they just want time with you. And that time, they don't want you on your phone. And so uh, something I do is, uh, okay, I'm going to be honest, I've been doing lately um, <laughs> at the complaint of my wife is, uh, I've been, in, uh, you know, at like six o'clock, I'll leave my phone upstairs. You know, a lot of times we'll go watch some TV in the basement, we'll hang out, we'll do something, play some games. But um, boy, I could, I could be on that thing all the time. I'm always checking stuff, always getting ideas, emailing them to myself. And so I think, I mean, if you want any quality relationship, you're going to need to spend time. And it's that unhurried, unfrenzied, not this scheduled time, you know, I mean, if we, you know, it's like, so people, when they get so crazy with their devotional life with the Lord, you know, okay, from six to six fifteen, I'm going to pray in tongues from six fifteen to this and that. And it's like, you know, if, if you did that in any other relationship, you know, with your spouse, it's like, okay, from six to six fifteen, we're going to gaze into each other's eyes and remind ourselves of our, you know, like, like it's, it's free flowing. And so I think, it, I think people, sometimes we, we try to make it harder. We, I don't, we try to make it, we actually make it harder than it is is you just, you gotta, and you gotta make time, not find time. Oh, we'll find time. It's like when you tell someone at church, you know, hey, let's get together sometime, you know, or one of these days. Well, one of these days is none of these days, you know? And so something that we did growing up is we did pizza and movie nights every Friday night. And so um, I'll admit, sometimes I picked some turkeys that we had to turn off. I didn't realize it was gonna be that bad of a movie. It was like, oh boy, sorry kids, you know, I just, uh, you know. But um, the kids will never forget that. You know, we had a, a bedtime routine where um, we, would, uh, we would read them uh, biographies of great men of God. And then we started this thing. Uh, we would do superhero stories. And so my kids are Joshua, Wesley, and Evan. And their superhero names were uh, uh, Kriegel, Mastodon, and Shadow. And so they would do, and Princess Mary, Mary, my wife. So we started doing this <laughs> thing when they, got, when they got older is one person would start the story. And so we would let them pick a superpower and like the villain. And we'd all go around and we would have to, you know, tell the story and rescue Princess Mary Mary by the end of it. And so it became like this interactive thing. And when we put them to bed, we would, uh, 
um, about a couple of times a week, I would lay, in, you know, we would lay in bed with the kids and that was a lot of our unhurried time with them is the bedtime routines is we would, you know, we would stroke their hair and I would ask them, you know, Hey, have I made any promises to you that I haven't kept? Because to a kid, if you say, um, Hey, I'll think about it. That's a promise. And I don't want my kids, I don't, you know, I don't want that to build up with them. You know, I would ask them things like, you know, Hey, has anybody hurt your heart while you're having a hard time letting it go? Because you and I both know that bitterness can just destroy a life. Destroy. And, and then I would pray this over them. I would say, you're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to give away millions of dollars. You're going to be a leader of men. You're going to be best friends with Jesus. Wow. And, um, so I don't have you know, ever seen like in the military shows be like, soldier, what's your name? Give me your serial number. And they're like, you know, barking it out. So I kind of came up with this idea for the kids for this. It was so cute because they would ask me, they're like, dad, can you do the kingdom questions with me? So they'd be doing the dishes and I'd come up behind them and I'd say, what's your name? Joshua Baker. Who are you? A child of the king. Who's in you? The spirit of God. Who's upon you? The spirit of God. For what purpose? To change history. What's your mission? To bring heaven to earth. And so I would, uh, I'd love to just kind of come up and surprise them with those questions. And it was so cute. They'd be at bed and they're like, dad, can you ask me the kingdom questions? What was, what was it doing? Fathers, we confer identity. You know, I mean, you look at, uh, that's what God did to his son. This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to this guy. And so a lot of times I'd be with the kids and I, I just tell them what I love about them. I just, you know, yeah, I love your creativity. You are a creative genius. And I would say things like this to them. I said, cause I meant it. I mean, these aren't techniques, but I would say, boys, um, I wish when I was your age, I had a friend like you, you're just an absolutely amazing friend. And I just, just begin to speak things over them. And then Mary would come in and do it. We'd take their time with the kids. And so, um, you know, the, they, they don't forget that stuff, you know, and when you, when we discipline them, you know, we always did it from a place of, okay, I just over-exaggerated. Once we learn some better ways, uh, poor, our, our, our poor oldest kid, you know, we, we, we didn't know what we were doing, you know, and so, uh, you know, God's graced it all, but. Even when we discipline, you know, I, I believe there is a time to, uh, to spank the kid to kind of chase away that spirit of rebellion. But I would, I would sit him next to me, you know, and I would, I would hold him and I would talk to them about what happened and, uh, you know, and why, you know, why it was wrong, you know, or how it made me feel. Listen, when you, when you did this, it just kind of scared me, you know, it just, that's not who you are. And I begin to remind them who they are. Oh, listen to this story. So you, the way I got this idea from this, I read this story. It was actually a business, like how to make a business plan book. I mean, it was some crazy, like little book. And it talked about how there was this tribe, this Indian tribe and how the son had went and offended another village and did something stole. I think he stole something from another village. And so they formed a circle. They had a fire in the middle and they formed a circle. And the son was sitting next to the, the chief who was his dad. So it was the chief's son who did the bad thing. And I think there was 12 elders. So listen to this, Michael. This is, out, this is outrageous. And so, um, so here's the dad. Here's the son. And starting with the elder next to them, they went around the circle and they began to recount the good things that this boy had done. I remember when you were seven years old and you, uh, you killed your first deer and uh, the bravery that you showed. I remember this. And so each one went around and they never named the bad thing that the kid did. By the time they got around to the, uh, the circle, the kid was in tears it was repenting and uh, that's how they dealt with it. They actually reminded the kid of who he was and that totally changed his behavior. So uh, I kind of took a lesson from that. I'm like, man, I, I want my kids to do that. So that's a lot of times that we would do it is we would just hold them. We would remind them who they are and they'd be in tears. They'd be hugging us. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you wanted to go into a whole bunch of parenting things, but just one oh, more that, no, that's, no, that's awesome. That, I mean, you just encouraged me super. No, that's awesome. Good. That's one, one other thing too. Sometimes when kids, you know, they're, 
they're, you know, they, they get in trouble, they're, they're angry, you know? And so rather than just like send them to your room and wait for a spanking, um, we got this idea of letting them get their anger out by cleaning. And so we would give them ridiculous tasks. We'd be like, you know, hey, you need to take this washcloth, this white washcloth, you need to go wipe all the baseboards in the house. And so they're angry and, you know, but they're getting their anger out. You know, by the time they're about halfway done, they're, mom, dad, I'm so sorry. And, and so that was, uh, yeah. that was another little, uh, little God nudge where uh, I think my wife got that idea. So no, that, that, and, and it's really funny that you bring that up because re recently, like, um, when I go out to dinner, I give my wife my phone. Like, so good. Purse, you know, she take, and, and now I know that that makes her feel good because my love, my wife's love language is quality time and, and, uh, touch, right? She loves it when I hold her hand, when we pray, you know, I found this very, very encouraging, Jim. I, and, and, I, and I'm like you, I'm not going to exaggerate the truth. I'm, I'm, I started in 2020 of every morning praying with my wife and every night praying with my wife. Actually, That's awesome. actually holding her hand and mm. in her eyes because she likes that stuff. Like I, I'm like all over the place just praying and walking and praying, but she started likes to march around the room, yeah, yeah, tear yeah. down walls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she loves that stuff. She loves that quality time of turning things off and shutting things down and just being completely transparent. And, uh, you know, I was listening to, uh, John Eldridge the other day mm. and he was talking about this season in his life. So I'm a big, I, I love John because I think John rattles heaven, right? Like his prayer life is, is on steroids. Right. And he, he had, he did a podcast the other day, uh, that I don't know. If, and for those of you that listen, I would tell you, I don't, I don't promote a lot of podcasts, but the ones that I really do, I like, and John's is the ransom heart podcast is just, it, it's outstanding. And he did one where now he started to pray Jim this over his wife and his family and his home. And I, and I wrote it down the fire of God and the love of God, mm -hmm. I, the fire of God and the love of God over my kids. I pray the fire of God and the love of God over my church and my wife and and, and my health and my finances and my family. And he had all his staff on there. And, and they said, John, why are we doing this? Like, this is just normal, common. And then when the fruit of that began to happen from the power that that gave, mm. I'll begin like to say like, oh my God, like I started finding myself doing it throughout the day, like walking in my house and saying, God, I, I pray the fire of God and the love of God over the situation. I, you know, this person that just, you know, rolled down their window and yelled and screamed at me. I pray the love of God and the fire of God. And he said, just miracles begin to happen. And I think it's that, that is relational. Those are relational things that we do. Um, you know, most people want God to be up here, right, Jim? They want, they want him back here. But those of us that, that desire to have a deeper relationship with God, we want God right here. We want to we want to hear from God. We want to know the things that he has for us. You said this earlier about prophecy. I've started to pray that prayer over prophecies that have been spoken of. Mm, good. Done. And, and, and God is, like I said, God has transformed that into that, uh, to that mindset now of me saying, Lord, you said this, this, and this. So I pray the love of God and the fire of God over that. And, and it's really funny. And, and we'll, we'll, this will be the last thing we'll talk about because I want Jim to, this. So uh, very gracious uh, to Jim because now my wife and I have just started uh, Jim's course on, on 
biblical stewardship is what I, I see it as. Uh, I know Jim used that word, but it just it resonated with me. And, and I'll be honest with you. I wish I would have met Jim like 10 years ago. I would be financially secure because I, I, when Jim said some things to me in that 90-minute conversation we have, I just started to think about all the money that I've made over, you know, being in the top 1% of my industry for over 20 years. Like the, the money that I made and the money that I spent and the things that I did and, and how I, to be honest with you, after I left there, I repented. I, Jim, I even started to listen just to the first couple intros of, of Jim's stuff. And I was like, Lord, I am sorry. Like I have not been a good steward of, or a good, as Jim said, a good manager of your money. So I know that you're in a launch of these courses and stuff, and I'm completely blown, blown away about what your church has done, who people who have implemented this stuff and really dived in. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to see the fruit of it in our life because we're grateful. Cause I know sometimes we can, we can have people purchase something. Um, and this is, and, and I'll just say this before you talk about it, Jim is, this is one thing when I learned that my wife was not an entrepreneur. We invested in VIP days and she said, I got all of this and you do all this. Well, I found myself doing all this and then, you know, this, this didn't happen, right? And my wife, my wife said to me, she said, honey, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. And so, but when we did this, she says, honey, we should have been doing this a long time ago. I said, you're right. And so we repented and, and we understand that and we're diving into it. So Jim, why don't you talk about, finish this up with telling us about the courses and the materials that you've created and really how people can be better stewards of their finances and do it from God's perspective. Right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, sometimes people get the uh, word steward, they picture budgets, they picture restrictions. And I actually teach people uh, the unbudget budget. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't personally budget. And I think there's a way you can do it with the Holy Spirit where you don't need to. But it's not just about like, um, you know, being a good steward means that everything multiplies and increases. That's how you know you're stewarding something. And so it's about having the provision for your vision. It's about having the income to be able to fund your personal mission and to make the greatest impact that you want to make. And so that, so let's just start with that. That's what the course is about. A lot of people are saying God wants you to prosper, but what I'm not seeing a lot of is how to prosper. How do you actually prosper? And so to me, prosperity happens in one sentence. You're going to partner with God to earn more than you spend and invest to multiply. So the partner with God, that's the level one thing. This is where you got to prosper on the inside before you prosper on the outside. You know, uh, Michael, nobody builds a skyscraper on an outhouse foundation, right? The, uh, the, height, the depth and the width of the foundation determines the height of the building. And we want people to be able to build a high uh, building with their finances. And so, uh, and so that's going to mean you're going to need to learn how to partner with God, those heart sets, those mindsets. What do you actually do with your money? And so, but once that's laid, you need to learn how to handle money. That's the whole earn more than you spend. That's about optimizing your cash flow, uh, increasing your earning capacity. It's about managing your expenses. I don't believe in trying to re keep reducing your expenses, keep, keep on doing that that's going to leave you a scarcity mentality. It's going to affect your soul if you do the rice and beans thing long enough, okay? Now, if your spending's out of control, I'm sure you probably need to get, get some restraints in there, but it's not all about scarcity and deprivation. And so, um, so by the time you're done with level two, you will have your uh, finances will be running like a well-oiled kingdom business. Uh, you only need to spend about 30 minutes a month on it, and uh, everything will track automatically. I'll show you how to automate your finances. And then level three is where it gets really exciting. That's all about investing to multiply. And this is where you really need a financial education. You know, in the Bible, it says that he rewarded them with money according to their ability and the par parable of the talents. And so 
one of the kingdom wealth principles is that if you want to be able to steward more money, you need to increase your ability to handle finances. And so this is really where you're going to get a whole financial education. You're going to look at the three paths to wealth, which is going to be like paper assets, picture the stock market, stocks, bonds, exchange rate of funds, uh, entrepreneurship, and uh, real estate. And so we're going to dive deep into those. Look at the pros and cons. Uh, every person's plan is going to have one, uh, is going to have at least two of those paths, maybe all three. We're going to look at uh, the six types of leverage. So once you have something working, how do you ramp it up? Uh, we'll look at uh, risk management. We'll look at tax advantages. We'll look at leaving a legacy, <clears throat> all that stuff in there. But Michael, what makes this different though, is that it's not just information. The course that we are launching now for the first time is we're including coaching and mentoring with it because in America, we get addicted to information. And if information was all we needed, we'd all be skinny, rich, and happy, right? We don't just need information. Like you said, we need that accountability. And that's what a coach really provides you. Uh, so I have a girl, um, Ariana, uh, man, she, if you were to go in person with her, she is five grand for four hours. She is a high impact coach. She's a prophetic coach. And so she's going to be group coaching weekly people uh, through each lesson. And so we're only going to uh, release one lesson at a time. So you can get alone with God, work that lesson. Uh, she's going to coach you for success. And then I'm going to come on the back end uh, at the end of the week and mentor you and make sure that there's no questions deep in the learning uh, and all that. So it's really, it's, it's, uh, and we've actually reverse engineered it. So you're going to have an experience of God in your finances all along the way, or we give you your money back. Uh, the level one, it's actually a uh, financial breakthrough in 90 days guaranteed or your money back. And so I haven't seen anyone make any kind of guarantee like this even close. And, uh, and we're not worried. We know people are going to get breakthrough. We've already had about, uh, about 400, about 468 people have gone through it already. And so give or take one or two. And, um, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And so that was without any kind of real marketing. I didn't, uh, I just did my first launch and so I'm excited about it. And, um, but we, we want people to get breakthrough. And so that's level one is just, let's focus on getting you breakthrough and then we'll, we'll, we'll build up to the rest of stuff. So yeah. I uh, so depending on when people hear this podcast, uh, we're in the middle next of a launch week. The, next week. Car, they're going to hear it next week, buddy. They're going to hear it next week. Okay. And so, you know, what? I'll, uh, the cart actually closes on Sunday, so they'll, it will close before, but I'll make an exception for your listeners. And so we'll set up something special with them, give them a special, uh, link and, uh, you can get in, you'll just have to catch up that week and, um, uh, we'll, we'll make it happen for you. But if not, we'll, we'll do it again and this, we'll do it three times a year. So a couple months later, we'll, we'll do it again. Perfect. And it, it's wealthwithgod.com is the website. Wealthwithgod.com. Awesome. And, and, um, and, and I'm going to post a link on there that Jim has just given me in my email that I looked at earlier today. And uh, Jim, tell us how I follow you otherwise, like some ways that, because, um, you know, maybe, maybe somebody's in your area and they're looking for a church and you have two great campuses. Maybe somebody is looking to just listen to some of your sermons and stuff like that, or maybe they want to get some more of your information. So tell us how people can follow you and, and connect with you. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so zionequip.com is our church website, Z-I-O-N-E-Q-U-I-P, zionequip.com. And uh, yeah, you can get all the podcasts there. Our, uh, we got a YouTube channel if you type in Zion Christian Fellowship and uh, look for someone who looks kind of like me in a picture there. Um, we'll, uh, we got lots of great speakers that come through there too. And so, uh, yeah, so that we got a YouTube channel. My personal uh, or my business Facebook page is Wealth with God. And so if you go to, you know, search Wealth with God or facebook.com slash Wealth with God, you'll get to my page. I just did a free uh, five-day masterclass on that. So if you can go there, you can 
watch that, enjoy that. And so, yeah, those are probably the best ways other than physically moving here and just following me around like the disciples did. But uh, I'm not encouraging that. I don't really have time for that. So or we continue here to Florida. I, I mean, I, I, maybe Mary would like that. I don't know. She might like Well, there was snow flurries on my walk this morning. And so don't, don't tease me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so, Tim, thank you. I, I, I am so grateful for, as I said, for kingdom relationships, right? And, yeah. and kingdom-minded people. So for those of you listening, I, you can find the He Phones podcast on Anchor, on Spotify, on iTunes. I, I pray that this encourage you because I, I, I say this all the time. Um, I was just, um, I'm, I partnered with a publicly traded company uh, that is, the stock is just crushing it. And it's a forward thinking company. And I, I, I made my first trip to Boston um, and New Hampshire and it was like seven degrees. So I don't really feel sorry. <laughs> a little bit of snow on your walk, but I'll just say this, that uh, when I'm out teaching and people come up to me and talk about how inspiring it was, I feel inspired. Like, I feel like I learn the most when I'm teaching, right? So I'm just going to guess that Jim learned a lot of stuff today. He'll go back and listen to this. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to listen to it immediately later on this evening to, to, and I'll send it over to my assistant to be edited and, and, and uploaded and I'll put the show notes on there so, so you guys can have that. But guys, thank you for listening. I pray that today has been a super encouragement to you. I pray it's made a massive impact in your life. And Jim, you got anything you want to send us away with? Anything you want to share real quick before we go? I think just kind of this thought, affluence is for influence, income is for impact, and prosperity has a purpose. God wants you to have the provision for your vision because more money equals more impact. So let's uh, let's get a kingdom view of this thing. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening today. I pray that you would love God, love people, and live with passion, guys. Understand that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Without him, nothing is possible. But with him, all things are possible. So thanks for listening to the Hebrew Ones podcast today. I will see you on the next episode. And thanks again to my friend Jim Baker for joining. God bless, guys. Have an amazing day.